You're listening to Dear Reader, a weekly book talk show featuring chatty librarians bringing you recommendations and a whole lot of book loving. I'm Justine Hanna, here with my fellow librarian and bibliophile Natalie Mason, and we are coming to you from Melbourne Library Service. Welcome to episode one. Today we're talking about books for summer. Summer reading. It's the best time of year for reading, isn't it? It sure is. every time of year is a great time for reading. (laughs) On the beach, but not in the beach. Well... Probably. Beside the beach. Beside the beach. <laughs> you don't like the, the beach? beach? What's wrong with the beach? Not in, I'm just thinking of waterlogged books. Uh, it's our least yes. favourite When thing is in someone library? going to invent books that you can read underwater? I'm, I'm really. I'm pretty sure I had some plastic coated <laughs> books as a kid that were bath time books. Probably. But I don't think anyone's done adult bath time books. Now there's a concept. I know, right? <laughs> so hi again. This is great. This is our very first episode. I'm so excited to be doing this show, Dear Reader, with you, Natalie. I'm so excited. Oh, well, we're both avid readers and we constantly talk to each other about books. It was a natural progression to record it. And hopefully someone else would like to, you know, hear our insights about the things we read. Yeah, that's, uh, that's the plan. All right. Well, let's dive in. What's your first book? Right. Well, my first recommendation is Ghost Man, a debut novel by Roger Hobbs. So I like this book a lot. It's really fast paced with an interesting main character and he's uh, pretty good with the wise guy comments, which I like. It's quite an assured piece for a debut novel and it's really about two different but connected heists that take place five years apart. So the story goes backwards and forwards between the two heists. So if you don't like that kind of you know, one chapter about the current time and then the, you know, reflective, you know, five years ago chapter, then you probably won't like this. But I thought it worked really, really well. Are they different narrators? No, it's the same narrator. Yeah. So the main character, the ghost man of the title is narrating how the first failed heist five years ago is the reason he's involved in this second heist now. Um, I think this would make a really good movie. I I really enjoyed it. I did kind of wish for a little more in terms of a twist or something more from some of the characters. There's the ghost man's mentor who we hear a lot about, but nothing actually sort of comes off of it but um that could have been a really good twist towards the end but I really still enjoyed it I thought it was a novel I could recommend to my brother my dad my boyfriend and probably lots of my girlfriends as well so that's a really fun fast-paced heist novel that um is is pretty easy but fun reading so that's Ghost Man by Roger Hobbs Nice work <laughs> what's your first book well my first pick I thought I'd go with something that I wouldn't normally read but I read it and enjoyed it. So I like doing that sometimes, reading outside my comfort zone. The book is called The Grace Keepers by Kirsty Logan. Um, it's her first book. I think she edits a literary magazine in Scotland. She's Scottish. Um, and I started listening to this ebook on our Belinda, on our Borrow Box e-library. Um, and the author reads it and she's got just the most lilting Scottish accent. I was completely drawn in and transfixed. But after a while, I switched to the physical book. And I got more of the pace of it once I actually started turning the pages myself, which is bizarre. I've never done that before. That's really interesting. I've never done that either. Yeah, I didn't think I needed to because her voice is just so captivating and I was so taken by the story. But as soon as I f- flicked to the book, it, it it picked up the pace for me. And I don't know if it's at the point where I switch from one to the other, but as soon as, yeah, as soon as I started reading it, I was more uh, keen to find out what happened. I was more drawn towards the end as, as opposed to the listening to it, which was just sort of this sort of lackadaisical pace. It's this really kind of, it's a fantasy world. It's this sort of enchanting place where everybody lives in or on water. So it's not rooted to what we know as reality. So I had to unhook all of these, un, you know, things that I understand about what characters can do in books because this was totally unlike what I would 
would normally read. I don't generally read fantasy. I don't generally read sci-fi. Um, but this is the kind of crossover book for me who tends to just read literary fiction. This is the kind of book that can open my eyes to a different kind of genre. So it was really sweet. The characters are quite lovely, but there are lots of dark themes going on. There's a bit of supernatural stuff that goes on um, and lots of secrets. Everybody's harboring a secret. Um, I would recommend it to anyone who, like me, tends to read, you know, straight up and down family drama or, you know, kind of coming of age novels. You know, someone who, who's stuck in that reading rut of loving everything that they read, but just wants to kind of poke at the sides of what you like and see if something, you know, an, an enchanting world can captivate you. And it really did. I didn't find it false or fake or odd even though some really odd things happened or totally unhooked from reality. But I, I was totally taken. And, and like I said, listening to it was a completely different experience to reading it. So, again, trying something new and trying it in a different format is kind of, I reckon it's good to challenge your own reading. And I think summer's the perfect time to do that. I took the words out of my mouth. I was just about to say, what better time of year than summer holidays to pick up an e-book or an e-audio book or just any old book that's a little bit more, you know, out of your comfort zone than normal. Yeah. And, um, and have a go. That sounds really good. I might have to put that on my chibi red pile. I would recommend it. That, the cover illustrations are just glorious. Fabulous. Well, what's next for you? What's next for me? Well, so many, so many <laughs> books. But I'm going to recommend, and I really had to pare it down to what am I going to talk about? But I absolutely loved this book. It's called Touch by Claire North. And... Um, I had no idea when I picked up this book that I'd actually already read books by this author, wow. quite a few, but she uses pen names, damn uh -huh. her, <laughs> damn her heart. So she's absolutely fabulous. Her real name is Catherine Webb, and I haven't actually read any books by her under that name. She writes um, under Catherine Webb, under her real name, she writes young adult books, which, I mean, I love young adult, I just hadn't picked those ones up. Mm -hmm. But I had picked up Kate Griffin's fantasy series and uh, loved it. So the first one, um, The Madness of Angel or A Madness of Angels was absolutely brilliant. It was really different. And I, I hadn't quite read urban fantasy of that style with the sort of concepts that were in it. It's it's very much the same concepts as sorcerers, There's, uh, but it's set in an urban city in, in London. And um, it's it was just really well written, quite dark, gritty, noir, and I loved it. Anyway, and I love all that, those series. And then I picked up Touch by Claire North. Mm. And I was reading it and I was so loving it. I'll tell you a little bit about it in a sec. But um, I was like, oh, I'm so glad I found a new author because I need a new author. And then I <laughs> discovered right at the end that actually it's not a new author, it's the same. But anyway, I still love it. It's um, She writes under Claire North. She's written two books, Touch and The First 15 Lives of Harry August, both of which are excellent and I definitely recommend them. And they're really interesting and they're kind of more of a science fiction-y twist, I guess. So Touch is about a, a person that we are introduced to as Kepler. And basically, Kepler doesn't die. So the body that Kepler inhabits might die, but as long as Kepler can touch someone else, that, that person can roam from body to body and jump from another person's skin and see through their eyes and live their life, even if it's only for a few minutes, a few months, or the rest of that lifetime of that body. Um, so Kepler actually doesn't mean the host body's any harm. Um, even comes to cherish them intimately, and uh, then one host is brutally assassinated, even though Kepler had already left her body. And uh, so Kepler is on a mission to find out, okay, why did they still kill her? Why didn't they stop shooting at her and chase me because they knew I'd left her? 
why. And and so you have this a number of different threads running through it all, and um, it's really really interesting. And Kepler's on this mission to to seek the truth, and there are others out there like Kepler. So um, basically, you never really know if it's a, a guy or a girl, Kepler. So I guess I will say he, but it, it could could be any, you know, you never really discover that. And it doesn't really matter, I suppose. Um, but yeah, he's on this mission to seek the truth and avenge Josephine's death. And um, it's fast paced. It's really interesting. Um, it's It touches on so, and see what I did, touches, touches on so many <laughs> themes of like, what is it to be human? What does it mean to be human? And, and what is love? And, wh- and what does it mean to love? And, and is, does love make you human? And all, all sorts of weird and wonderful themes. And I just really loved it. It made me think, but I didn't have to. I love books like that that are, are really layered and you can just enjoy the adventure or you can actually think about these themes that are, are sort of just beneath the surface. So definitely recommend anything by Claire North, Kate Griffin or Catherine Webb, who happen to be the same person. <laughs> so what's her real name? Catherine Webb. That's her Catherine real name. Catherine Webb. Okay. Yes. Yeah. But she's did, a London writer. But yeah. if people are looking for touch, they're looking for Claire North. Claire North. C-L-A-I-R-E. North. Claire North. Good. That sounds like a great one. I'm pretty sure you were talking to me about it while you were reading it. Probably. Yes. Going, oh my God, I love this book. Yeah. 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 And we were in, we were intrigued by the idea of jumping bodies by touch. Mm. Mm. Um, the second book I want to talk about is a book, it's another book that I would not normally read. I don't, <laughs> I'm not sure that all of our podcasts will be full of books I wouldn't normally read, but for today, that's sort of what I've picked. Um, this one was talked about in the reading circle I run at the South Bank Library. Uh, one of the people who come along to that is writing a PhD and as part of that writing is doing research into writing. So the book that uh, they talked about was written by Stephen King. It's called On Writing. And this is a... Um, a ben- I guess a benchmark book for writers. It's really quite, um, uh, you know, I hesitate to use the word famous, but it's quite revered, I guess, in the writing community. He's written, an, you know, Stephen King has done an excellent job of writing about the craft of writing. It really is exquisite. So it was highly recommended in the in the reading circle. And then the following month, another member of the reading circle had read it on that first recommendation and then gone on to read Stephen King novels. And that person would never touch a Stephen King novel. But reading him write about writing was so engaging and so just opened up their eyes to the kind of writer that Stephen King thinks himself to be. So I thought, well, I guess if two of them have read it, I ought to jump in, muck about, have a read, and I'm not a writer. I am... I can't stress that enough. But as an avid reader, I am so enthralled by what he talks about as this, you know, this art of writing, this craft of writing, who the muse is, where the muse lives. And then there's all these beautiful, because he's writing about his experience of writing, he's writing about his books. And I am a big Stephen King fan. I've read a lot of his books. I've seen lots of movies based on his books. Like I'm quite up there, uh, I guess, you know, in terms of fan fanness, if that's a word, is now. Um <laughs> So, you know, it's given me a great desire to reread Carrie, you know, to watch the film, to reread It. I I will never forget my mum reading It when I was a kid because the cover of that book with the scary clown is just, it just embeds the scary clown, you know, trope back in, you know, (laughs) in your psyche. So um, Stephen King's On Writing, I would recommend it for readers, people interested in in how people write and anyone who's interested in, in Stephen King's vision of his own writing. Um, 
Yes, highly recommended. That again. sounds great, and I I love Stephen King's books as well. So mm. Some of the, the the first scary books I ever read because I wasn't ever quite into yeah. it. But he he makes it accessible and not so scary. But then it gets really scary, and then but it's okay. And then it gets really scary again. Some of his yeah. stuff is quite macabre, but some of it is quite sort of psychologically terrifying, which is I think a completely different thing. Completely different, and I really like that way you were talking about it as getting sort of into the way he thinks of himself as a writer. Yes. I love that idea of getting into the writer's psyche a little yes, bit. Yes, exactly. As opposed to just um, like a how-to book, here's how to write. He's talking about here's how I write. Here's how I view my writing in context with other writers. And, you know, he slams other writers that he thinks is a crap. Like he, he really totally goes to town. It's great. And again, <laughs> and again, as a reader, it's really, it's totally entertaining. Like it's, it's a memoir and a craft book. And so, you know, if the sections about grammar don't excite you, they totally excite me, but you can skip them because, you know, in a chapter, he'll start talking about what he did with the money um, from the publication of Carrie, you know, like he'll talk about his family, his children, his parents, like it's a full picture. Mm. That's actually life. another really good point about a nonfiction reading for a summer reading. It's like you don't have to start from the beginning and read all the way through to the end because you're not going to miss a lot if you decide to just, you know, go to the different chapter or, you know, move around a little bit. You can dip in and out a little bit easier yeah. than you can with maybe the, that novel. So yeah, it's a good tip. And biography is an excellent way to read nonfiction, particularly for recreation over summer when you're just kind of kicking around. It's a nice way to explore other people's lives, you know? Mm, it is. Mm. Well, well, you must have one more for us. <laughs> My last recommendation for episode one of Dear Reader is something that I know you loved as well, so I'm sure you'll have your mm. what you want to say. What is it? Between the World and Me oh, by Tana Hesty Coates. I'm probably saying that wrong. But anyway, it was absolutely just the one of the, I think, the best book I've read this year. And I know we're going to be talking about the best books of 2015 in our next podcast, so I'm sure we'll be talking about this one again. Or I, I can certainly keep talking about it. <laughs> we know that. Um, so this is a nonfiction book uh, written um by ta Coates, and he uses the literary conceit, really, of writing to his son. So the first word is son, and then comma, and then he goes on. And it is it sort of pivots from the biggest questions about American history and ideals to the most intimate concerns of a father for his son. And it's a really beautiful, beautiful book. Um, he shares with his son and with readers the story of his awakening to the truth about his place in the world through a series of uh, revelatory experiences from his time at Howard University um, to Civil War battlefields from the south side of Chicago to Paris, from his childhood home to the living rooms of mothers whose children's lives were taken as American plunder. And it's absolutely gorgeous. The, the writing was just so sublime. I had to read them out loud. Some, like I, You know, when you just can't hold yourself in. So I would just say to my partner, you, stop what you're doing. I need to read this out loud to you. Mm -hmm. And I would just read them. It was so beautiful. It's a very intelligent book. It had me asking questions about my my own personal experiences, you know, and I'm not a, you know, an African-American living in America. I'm, you know, me. <laughs> and But I still felt that there was a lot that I could take from it, a lot that I could learn from it, and a lot that moved me greatly. And uh, Toni Morrison actually is on the cover. And uh, 
as saying that this is required reading. And honestly, I quite agree. I think that it is the one book this year that it should be in all schools. It should just be everywhere. I, I thoroughly enjoyed it. And I don't really read a lot of nonfiction. So I um I just, I want to, I, I actually want to buy it. Here I am, a librarian, and I'm going to buy that book because it is so good. I need to have it so I can just reflect back on it so I can read it again. So it was just stunning. And I'll stop now. <laughs> no, don't stop. The thing about that book for me, Between the World and Me, is I can't talk about it. I don't know what words to use. He's describing his experience and his son's experience of growing up black in America. And I, I don't have words to explain or un, uh, to try and even interpret what he experiences. But reading his words, like it knocked the wind out of me. I found I, I was drawn to keep reading it, but I had to put it down. I had to take breaks from it. I found it so confronting and so upsetting that people could be horrendous. In the well, world. it took me two weeks to read and it's only a thin, you know, for 300 tiny. pages <laughs> and, you know, for some people that's quite a lot. But for me, I've grown up reading, I'm a librarian, I read and it took me two weeks and, you know, I, I kind of, it was a library book and I didn't want to write in the margins, but I really wanted to like highlight things and underline things and write my little notes and what I thought at the time. So that's why I have to buy my own copy. <laughs> yeah. And how long would it take you to read something of that size? Um, if it was short stories? A couple or, of hours if yeah. I had an uninterrupted time. And that's... That's exactly the point I'm making is that there's so much in this book. It's so dense and it's so real. And I felt like it, I felt like it was urgent. Like this mm. information that he's imparting, imparting is really important. And, it, it, you know, as Toni Morrison says, obviously it's required reading as you quoted her quoting. <laughs> but, um, but I felt the same way. But trying to describe it, it was just, it's like I want to tell everyone to read it, but I just can't say anything other than, <laughs> I, I, I didn't read it. <laughs> struggle to explain it in any other way. Mm. Well, I'm glad you reviewed it because I think it's important it should be discussed, but I am clearly not articulate enough <laughs> to do it. So thank you. That's all right. Now you have one more, I hope. Oh, God. Just one? Just one. <laughs> <laughs> Just one more for our first go. Um, yeah, this is a debut uh, or a debut novel. Uh, by a, a Melbourne author called Alice Robinson. The book's called Anchor Point. It was released earlier this year. And I have, I'm hoping to see it on the Stella long list, mm. on the Stella Prize long list. I'm hoping that's where it'll end, on the long list at least, if not the short list. Um, this book is set in uh, Australia, rural Australia, and it's one of those Australian books. Do you know what I mean? I do know what you <laughs> okay, mean. Okay, so like Evie Wilde writes in that kind of, uh, in that same, yeah, that, that same vein. wheelhouse. Can we say wheelhouse? You can say wheelhouse. Okay, in the wheelhouse. Um, so it's set in a bushland, farmland area of Australia. Um, it's a small family, mother, father, two children. The mother disappears. Uh, the eldest daughter has a secret and then she assumes the role of matriarch and assists on the farm and raises the family. At some point she gets old enough to move to the city and studies. That's the basic premise of the book. You can find that out by reading the back cover. That's not what I'm here to tell you. What I'm here to tell you is um, when she returns back to the farm and makes a decision, I was outraged. As really? a reader, I thought, how dare you, Laura? <laughs> I thought I knew you. I've just read hundreds of pages of who you are and the things you do and how... How dare you? You go back and you make a different decision and apologise for your behaviour, please, young lady. Wow. I found myself so outraged that she had behaved in this way. And I think it really baffled me because all I kept thinking was that's so out of character. Like how dare she do that? This whole book I was 
and I, I think I realised with a bit of time and a few conversations with some other people who had read it, was that what I had missed, the point I had missed, is that there isn't always redemption for people in books because they're characters in books for starters. But second of all, not everyone will reflect back on the decisions that they've made in their life and make the right decision at the end for a little happy ending. That's not how life works and that's not how this book works. And boy, was I shocked. (laughs) So thinking back on it, the decision that she made was entirely in character. There's absolutely nothing odd about it. Just I was so hopeful that she would make a different decision. And I think it's testament to how good the writing was that I got so involved and so invested in the outcome of this particular book that when it didn't end the way I thought it should, I was affected by it. Mm. And I think that that's genius. And while at the time I was upset about the ending of the book so much so that I thought I'll never recommend this to anyone. <laughs> How dare it end this way? It's brilliant. I can't tell you. Isn't that amazing? And here you are recommending it to everyone. It's, it sh- you know, it should be, like I said, shortlisted, you know, or longlisted or shortlisted for the seller price. It's that good. People should read it for sure. Anchor Point by Alice Robinson. And a debut novel too. Fabulous. So really. But um. A lot of it is about environmental destruction, kind of modern development of suburbs in kind of bush-prone or bushfire-prone areas, and there's a lot of kind of climate change, big-picture stuff. I think it's written over a 35-year period, and it, the last scene is uh, in 2018, so it's not that distant no. future. And I think that there are, you know, those kind of themes are in the book for a great purpose. Sounds very relevant. Reason. Genius. Absolutely brilliant. Anchor point, Alice Robinson. Fabulous. Those are some really interesting books. We recap our titles just from start to start to finish because. It's, sometimes it's hard to remember what people were talking about. Yes. All right, well. Um, what was your first one? My first one was Ghost Man by Roger Hobbs. Then I talked about The Grace Keepers by Kirsty Logan. And Touch by Claire North. In fact, anything by any one of her names. <laughs> Um, I talked about Stephen King's uh, memoir of the craft. It's called On Writing. And the most brilliant book I've read this year, Between the World and Me by ta Coates. And then the last book I talked about was Anchor Point by Alice Robinson. Great. Well, that's the end of our Reader Recommendations podcast. Dear Reader, our first episode. So thanks for listening. Um, we will have a list of the books we discussed on our Goodreads page, which you can find through our website, which is www.melbournelibraryservice.com.au and head to the page called Read and you'll find all the relevant information. And we'd also love you to tell us what you've been reading. It's always helpful for us to know what we should be reading next. You can tweet us at Melb Library. That's at M-E-L-B-L-I-B-R-A-R-Y with the hashtag Dear Reader and join in the conversation on our Goodreads page. And please feel free to ask us for recommendations as well. We'll uh, do our very best to read them out and uh, get you some good books to read. So thanks so much and have a great week. Thanks.